On this day, let's pray with a reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Some Pharisees approached him and tested him, saying, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any cause whatever? He said in reply, Have you not read that from the beginning the Creator made them male and female, and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh? So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, no human being must separate. They said to him, Then why did Moses command that the man give the woman a bill of divorce and dismiss her? He said to them, Because of the hardness of your hearts, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning it was not so. I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, unless the marriage is unlawful, and marries another, commits adultery. His disciples said to him, If that is the case of a man with his wife, it is better not to marry. He answered, Not all can accept this word, but only those to whom that is granted. Some are incapable of marriage because they were born so, some because they were made so by others, some because they have renounced to marriage for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Whoever can accept this ought to accept it. The Gospel of the Lord. One cannot walk on the waters of this world by the grace of God, holding on miraculously, like Peter on Sunday, and take one's eyes off Jesus. It's a condition to look fixedly at Him. If we look away from Him, we will automatically sink, and we will have to ask for help. Because to stop looking to Jesus is symbolic. It's a sign of having stopped trusting Him of having looked at our fears, and not to his love and his grace that always sustains us, even in storms. Do you remember Sunday's Gospel? It said, But when he saw how strong the wind was, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Peter began to sink because he was concentrating on his fear, on the violence that surrounded him, and not on the loving gaze of Jesus, who was surely waiting for him with open arms. Evil and sin defeat us when we allow ourselves to be guided by things other than the love of God, and all that this implies. Evil defeats us when we concentrate on what can do us harm from the outside, and not on what can do us good and on the good that we are doing that inwardly fills our hearts. Instead of marveling at walking on the water and ultimately looking at his feet, being amazed at the miracle, Peter wastes his time, he gets distracted. His heart and his reason betray him as it also happens to us. Therefore, 
if we are thinking, if we are about to cry out for help, let's not blame anyone. Let's not say that the problem is outside, that it is the waves or the violence, what's happening in this world now, everything is falling apart. Today it's more difficult than before, there are more temptations, there is a lot of evil and injustice. We shouldn't blame the fact that we are thinking on anything like that. All those phrases might be true, but it has always been like that. The fault does not lie outside. We think for lack of faith, for not looking to Jesus with our heart, for having abandoned prayer, from having distanced ourselves from the church, for having forgotten our friends, for thinking that we could do everything on our own, for our pride, and so many other reasons. Thinking is the symptom of an entrapped heart which finally drowns. Peter would not have sunk if he hadn't concentrated on his fears and he hadn't stopped trusting in Jesus. Today we are faced with one of those Gospels that seems easier to avoid than to comment on. It's true, it's hard. It's difficult because we all know that there are more and more broken families. Families that haven't prospered. Families that suffer from different situations of lack of love. It's also difficult because the world bombards us with proposals intended to undermine and destroy the ideal of family that dates back to the origins of the world and that Jesus came to restore. It's hard, it's true, but we have to speak about love with love. That, I believe, is the important thing. If we speak of love with love, as Jesus did, even if there are people who are suffering difficult situations, even you, yourself, who are listening, our heart shouldn't feel any rejection. To illustrate today's glimpse of the Gospel, I'd like to use an image to describe Christian marriage. It's like a little boat that sails on the waters of this world, buffeted by the waves and the headwind, but in which man and woman rode together accompanied by Jesus. The boats actually steered by him, the spouses only row. There are difficulties to love one another and new. It's always been hard. Look, in today's scene, we see how Jesus was questioned about the lawfulness, or not, of getting divorced for any reason. It's true that nowadays it's said and experienced that families are in crisis, that there are many difficulties that seem to have never existed before. It's true, possibly so, but it was never easy. It would be naive to think so. It's necessary to row hard, and what's more difficult, it's necessary to row evenly. The couple who doesn't row evenly doesn't move forward. Indeed, it ends up spinning around like a broken, not so merry, merry-go-round, or else it's carried away by the current in unpleasant directions. That's why Jesus wishes that the two become one flesh, and that what God has joined together man must not separate, because he wants to take care of the most sacred thing 
that man has and that makes him happy. True love, the one that heals and sanctifies. Marriage, lived in faith, heals us of our wounds and sanctifies us in order to raise us up and make us more human. How can God desire anything else any other way than this? It would be a great contradiction for God, who loves forever and trusts us to achieve what He desires. I know that today, more than ever, God's words, Jesus' words, are difficult to understand and accept, because many people are wounded by the lack of love in their families. That's why it's never superfluous to say that people who haven't been able to make their marriages prosper aren't outside God's love. Neither is it superfluous to say that what God has joined together, man must not separate. Nor we could add what they, man and woman, wanted to join together by their own decision, without pressure from anyone, but out of love. It's great to find marriages that draw hard together, in order to continue until the end. There are thousands and thousands of examples. It's good to see marriages of elderly couples who live in new stages and love each other better and better every day. I never get tired of hearing testimonies of marriages that continue to persevere. They go on facing their difficulties and their struggles, with their quarrels, their comings and goings, sometimes even with their momentary separations, but they keep on striving. They continue to be together, showing that married love is a reflection of the unconditional love of God, who loves us always and to the end, for all eternity. Let's pray to the Lord for so many marriages that are struggling, for those who have separated and have been unable to fulfill this desire of God, for those who are doing well, that they may continue to persevere. Let's pray for families. Let's pray that by listening to the Word of God, we may all commit ourselves to God's true plan, which is that in the family we may discover His love and attain holiness. It's beautiful to note that despite the headwinds and the violence of the waves of this world, it's possible to love with fidelity and perseverance until death do us part, always rowing together, always rowing evenly. May we have a good day and may the blessings of our merciful God, the Father, Son and Holy Spirit, descend upon our hearts and remain with us forever. <laughs>